Welcome to the Juggernaut Podcast, powered by the number one Remax real estate franchise in the world, Remax Gold. The Juggernaut Podcast is dedicated to helping real estate professionals and beyond become an unstoppable force, a juggernaut. We believe when the real estate professional thrives, everybody wins. Released the third Wednesday of every month, each episode will leave you inspired, energized, and ready to be unstoppable. Want to learn more about the Juggernaut Podcast? Go to www.juggernautpodcast.com. Here are your hosts, Stephanie Flood and Anthony James. Well, hello and welcome to the new season of the Juggernaut Podcast. My name is Stephanie Flood, and here with me is my co-host, Anthony James. Anthony, say hello to our audience. Hi, Stephanie. Hello, Gold Nation. Happy New Year. 2021 is upon us. Hard to believe it's a new year. I'm, I'm so looking forward to the new year. And of course, with January comes all of the new ways that we're going to change and get better and eat differently and exercise for the month of January, right? <laughs> and th- if it goes that long. And then it ends. So rather than making resolutions this year, we want to give you some real tools that you can implement to make mindset changes, life changes, and things that will last and stick with you throughout 2021 and beyond. So to that end, we have a very special guest with us today. Our guest is Sabrina Renee. She is a master certified life coach and health expert that empowers individuals to feel their best and achieve their goals, both physically and mentally. She helps individuals to let go of doubts, fears, and roadblocks to achieve their goals. Sabrina, say hello to our audience. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. We are very much looking forward to what you have to share with our audience today. I know I'm ready to take some notes on some changes that I can make. Um, I know that you have talked about holistic nutrition, and I'm really fascinated by what that is. Can you tell us a little bit about what that means? Yeah, definitely. So holistic basically just means whole, like a whole food. This would be an apple compared to something that's really processed. And the idea behind holistic nutrition is trying to keep your food very clean and as unprocessed as possible with ingredients that actually energize you naturally and are easy to break down and digest and help you feel better um, based on just the makeup of the food. So I help people get rid of a lot of foods that are, while they might be low in calorie or say that they're low in sugar or other little labels that are very um, exciting in the market industry, like I help people understand what's really in foods and why one thing might make you feel good or bad or lead to lasting energy or a crash later on. Sabrina, I just want to uh, kind of jump in here and hear a little bit more about how you found, you know, this niche for you in your life and what drew you to life coaching and nutrition coaching. Because I know there's a fascinating story there, and I'd love for the audience to hear uh, a little bit about your journey and what you kind of went through and how you found this space to help others make positive and healthy changes for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I I followed my intuition to get here, but it started with, I was very athletic. Um, I played a lot of sports in high school and in college, and I studied exercise science initially um, and got my degree in that, went into personal training, 
I came from a very athletic family, a very um, family focused on perfectionism. And so I was taught pretty early on and pretty driven to always be perfect, perform my best and, you know, really restrict myself to, to get to the size I wanted to be at, to get to my goals I wanted to be at. And um, through starting in personal training and, you know, diving into what it took to look your best and get exactly the physique you wanted, I recognized that the harder I pushed myself, the more I felt bad, like physically not well. My energy was low. I actually developed some injuries due to over-exercising, some stress fractures. I never felt great. I felt always hungry. And I kept thinking I was following the book, right? Like I'm learning this. I'm excelling at my classes. But what's really happening is I feel depleted. I'm binging on foods that I know aren't good for me. And I just felt this constant cycle of restrict and binge, restrict and binge. And setting these really big goals for myself and really just seeing those goals become further and further away from where I was at. And at first, it didn't really make sense. And I just kept seeking out like new ways to discipline myself and to discipline my clients and to force everyone to get to where they wanted to be. And I just, after trial and error, realized that wasn't the key. Um, I fell upon holistic nutrition, which was really um, a blessing to me. Uh, initially, I had studied nutrition that was more focused on calorie counting and carb restricting and macronutrients and really kind of like a scientific way of eating instead of listening to what my body needed, listening to what made me feel good, like putting foods in my body that actually were just like naturally energizing and not just meant to get me to a certain size of genes, right? So it was very fascinating for me to start learning about like wanting to feel better instead of all my goals being around wanting to look better. And that's what really was my kind of aha moment where the more I felt good, the more any of the goals I had, not even just with like your weight, I saw so many other goals in my life start to happen. Like my business improved, my relationships improved, all the things that I thought were so far for me to get to started to improve when I felt naturally better. So when I added on the holistic nutrition background, I started to see better results with clients, kind of teaching them more about cleaning up their diet, eating in a way that kept their blood sugar balanced, that kept them naturally energized. But then I found there was one more missing link, um, and that was the mindset. So I came across the concept that everything that we do or don't do starts with a thought, right? So if we can control our mindset in a way that is motivating and inspiring, we can basically go after any goal and succeed, right? With that type of a mindset. So that, when I started to implement more of my, you know, I just dove into podcasts and reading about it and really starting to like want to understand it. That really inspired me to, to go on and, and do the, the life coaching cert and then the master life coaching cert. And, um, that combination has really transformed how I look at health and how I even help my clients really get to their goals now. Like my conversations with them now are so much more focused around how they're feeling. How do they start their day? Does it feel calm? Because the energy you start your day with is going to come with you all day long. Um, we talk about little things and how to set little goals that are obtainable 
so that they're proud of themselves instead of a big goal that's hard to reach and they beat themselves up over and over and over, right? That's going to lead you back to square one and possibly even into the negatives, right? So that's my journey. It was like I had to go through the hardship and recognize, you know, I think back when I was studying all like exercise science and um, nutrition, I was actually about 30 pounds heavier than I am now and just felt really miserable. And now after I've had two kids, they're both still pretty young. I find that like managing my health and managing my weight and feeling energized, even if my two-year-old wakes me up in the middle of the night, it's not a problem because I have the tools to keep my mindset right to nourish my body in a way that's really energizing and to exercise in a way that doesn't deplete me, but actually makes me feel better. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I, I got to go back to something you said sure. a minute ago. Um, you, you use the terminology restrict and binge, or maybe you said it the other way mm-hmm. around, binge and restrict. I don't know. Yeah. But <clears throat> I'm just, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a circle. yeah, I just had like nightmare flashbacks of my high school wrestling career when I had to cut weight. <laughs> And I'm guessing yeah. that, you know, like, like binge eating and then just like not eating and dehydrating yourself for two days to make, you know, a 10 pound weight cut so that you could actually step on the scale and make weight for a tournament. That's probably not the best way to go about losing weight. Is that right, Sabrina? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might get to, you know, you might get to that weight for that tournament or you might get to that weight, you know, and keep it there for a month or so if you're really, really disciplined. But for long term success, that's, yeah. that's never the answer. And that's really why diets don't work, right? If there was a diet out there that worked, everyone would know about it. Everyone would be doing it. But that's the fact that they don't work because it's so much about restriction. So instead, and it puts us in the mindset of restriction. When we feel restricted, we just want to rebel. So if we can get to a place where we feed our body because we want to feel great, it's so much easier to keep that mindset, keep that mentality, keep eating the way that is good for your body and that gets you to those long-term goals if it's weight loss or just energy or whatever you're wanting to feel health-wise. I love that that shift and that kind of aha moment for you when you realize Mm -hmm. that association. Um, How do you help others kind of find their moment where they realize okay, what I'm doing isn't working. What, what advice would you give for somebody to kind of start on that path or to, to find their own aha moment or the, have the light bulb go on and see that they need to make a change? Yeah, I mean, so most people come to me already realizing that cycle. Like one of the first questions I ask, ask clients is, what have you done in the past? Tell me about it, right? And they tell me about all their diets they've done and how it worked for this long, and then they gained that back and more. So when someone comes to me, they're ready. They're just they're so ready to be done with that constant cycle of dieting and gaining it back. And so I go straight into telling them we're going to let go of everything you've learned from the past and start fresh because we live in a culture that just forces that diet mentality into our brains. We all, I mean, look at all of our smart watches and phones. They all have apps and ways for us to calculate what we're doing fitness-wise and nutrition-wise. But really, what it's doing is it's just forcing us to restrict ourselves and be hard on ourselves instead of eating in a way that makes us just feel good and let that be our reasoning. So I usually try to get people away from a lot of those things that are sort of like keeping track of how we're doing good or bad. And really going back to letting them be in touch with their body. 
like letting them look at their day and decide if they did good. Not if they step on the scale and it tells them they did good or if their Apple Watch tells them they did good by closing their, their ring on their exercise, right? So I help them be more in touch with when they eat something, how do you feel afterwards? One of my favorite ways of explaining it is telling people, instead of eating for how you want to feel in that exact moment, eat for how you want to feel in one hour. Or maybe the next morning when you get up to go for that early jog. Like, how do you want to feel then? And when we start to switch from that instant gratification mindset to, wait, how do I want to feel in an hour when I'm playing with my kids or when I'm going on a walk or even just lying down and watching TV? Like, how do I want to feel? It starts to switch your mindset around why you're eating and what you're choosing to eat. Um, And you're always wanting to set your, your future self up for success. Instead of being in such a, what do I need right now to feel happy and satisfied right now? Like that's an urgent self-gratification type of a feeling. So I help people try to recognize, like, how can we take care of your future self? Even if your future self is just an hour away from where we're at right now. And that helps a lot to really bring people into perspective and help them to start making better choices without me forcing them to do it. Like I want them to choose to do it. I don't ever give a meal plan that says follow this to get to your goals. I teach them little things around how to balance your blood sugar because balanced blood sugar leads to lasting energy all day long, right? When your blood sugar is out of whack, you need caffeine or sugar every couple hours to feel good. And that's just a cycle that you go through over and over and over. But when I teach someone how to just balance your blood sugar, which is don't eat too much carbs or or sugars in one sitting, make sure you pair it with protein or healthy fat and kind of work people through that process. They can make so many good decisions for themselves without doing it because the diet told them to do it or I told them to do it or any other reason. Um, and that's what makes it stick. I, I love the concept of what you said of being kind to yourself and not restricting yourself and that being one of the keys to success. I think so often in our society, we don't have that permission to be nice to ourselves. We have to be hard on ourselves. We have to hit those goals. We have to work mm-hmm. hard. And to get there, it's it's like you almost have to go through these hard times to be able to achieve your goals. And I really appreciate how you you turn that on its head and look at things from a really different perspective and, and make that okay. Yeah, and you know, the thing is, People don't give themselves enough self-compassion. And I make it very clear up front, we're not going for perfection here. And that's where a typical like diet makes you feel awful if you can't be perfect at it. So we just want to see progress. Little things like, okay, let's start. Let's wake up 30 minutes earlier tomorrow and go for a walk. Let's, you know, add 20 more ounces of water than we normally drink. Let's just little things like that. Let's only have one serving of carbohydrates in the evening instead of five when we're normally having like rice, bread, dessert, wine, you know, how can we make little changes instead of a big drastic one? Mm -hmm. So Sabrina, I I really am enjoying this conversation. You can't see me right now, but I'm like trying to, I'm almost jumping out of my seat because I'm (laughs) loving this conversation and this topic. And 
you're for sure the expert when it comes to nutrition. I mean, you're a master certified life coach and nutrition coach. And so um, thank you for being here with us first and foremost, so that we can kind of learn from you. Um, because I got to tell you, I've got all kinds of confessions to make right now. I'm not going to make them all, but I'm definitely like <laughs> a calorie counter right now. Um, I've got some very specific nutrition goals. And I've been, mm -hmm. you know, looking at that calorie metric, like, very intently. And you're kind of saying, yeah, I don't really need to do that. So I want to hear the mm -hmm. secret uh, to how I don't have to necessarily focus on that. And certainly for our listeners as well. But I want to kind of set this up by saying, okay, look, you know, it's, it's January, it's 2021. It's a new year. And I'm not the only one that has probably set some, you know, personal health and nutrition type goals. It's the beginning of the year. A lot of folks do. And so I've heard folks talk about, you know, I want to lose the COVID-15, right? So if, if mm -hmm. you were coaching someone today and someone came to you and said, look, you know, I'm just, I'm just done with it. I, my energy is depleted. I've been at home during this pandemic for, you know, nine, 10 months now. I don't get out and move as much as I'd like to have. I've gained some extra pounds. I want to lose the COVID-15. Help me, Sabrina. Where do I start? I mean, how would you coach that person mm -hmm. in the moment? I would teach them a lot about blood sugar. It's a funny little thing that people, I think they don't really, no one talks about blood sugar unless it has to do with diabetes, but blood sugar is everything. It has, it makes your body lose weight or gain weight and it makes you have energy or feel depleted. So I teach people how important it is to balance that and why it's so much more important to have a balanced blood sugar than it is to eat within a certain calorie range because when I, I'll try not to get too scientific here, but I think a little bit of the science is important to recognize so that we really see what's happening in the body when we eat 100 calories of a donut versus 100 calories of almonds, right? So what happens is when we increase any kind of carbs or sugars in the body, right away the blood sugar goes up and it starts pumping out insulin. The body starts pumping out insulin to get the blood sugar to come back down, right? So it doesn't want to have a ton of carbs and sugars in the bloodstream. So it goes into this like frantic mode, insulin's being pumped out. And what actually causes the body to gain weight is an abundance of insulin that then causes the body to store fat. So eating 100 calories of a donut would cause that to happen, even though it's still just a hundred calorie snack, right? All those little snack packs that say hundred calories, you know, like everyone thinks those are really great because it keeps them low on their, their calorie total. But if it's a carb sugar type of a snack um, or a mix together, like a donut that has both, you're going to see the insulin rise and you're going to see the body start to store that as fat. So what if we switch it to a hundred calories of something that has fat and protein in it? like almonds or, you know, anything along those lines. Um, that 100 calories is so, so different because the almonds have fat and protein in them. Those are two things that help keep the blood sugar very steady and it keeps it low. And that, the body needs that to happen to be ordered to burn off fat. So the more, and, and another thing is, people freak out about nuts or avocado or, you know, things that are high in calories because they don't want to like go over their calorie count. But those two things, nuts and avocado, those are great at keeping your blood sugar balanced. So you're going to have really great energy. You're going to feel full longer and your body is going to be able to actually burn fat because your insulin levels are low. Another interesting thing that happens when insulin is being pumped out into the body 
it shuts off this hormone in our brain called leptin. So leptin is a hormone that tells you when you're full. And if leptin isn't working right, you feel hungry all the time. So if we're eating a lot of carbs and sugar, you're probably going to be craving a lot of carbs and sugars all the time. So the more we can keep those low, and I'm not one to say like go on a crazy like low cal or low carb diet, but if we can be aware of like pairing those with more fat and protein and trying to implement more meals and snacks around fat and protein and vegetables rather than so carb and sugar loaded, then you're going to see all the effects everyone wants, which is like weight loss energy energy increasing and just more natural hunger cues because when our hormones are out of balance we feel hungry all the time we don't get that little trigger by the leptin that tells us to stop eating and we it's hard to stay low on our calorie range when that hormone is out of balance yeah can can we just talk a little bit real quick i'm just curious to get your take on this but there's all kinds of different diets out there but one that i've looked at in the last year is the paleolithic diet, right? The paleo diet, which is mm -hmm. really that of the hunter gatherers. It's all about eating like, you know, one ingredient type foods. So an almond yeah. is one ingredient, an orange is one ingredient, uh, that steak, mm -hmm. it's just one ingredient. And so I have not necessarily prescribed to the diet as a whole. Um, but I've certainly mm -hmm. viewed my few, I, I now view my food much differently when I'm looking at, you know, the choices that I'm going to make and what I'm going to eat today. I, I try to find things that, you know, just don't have a lot of ingredients as, as li little ingredients as possible that make up that particular food. Does that, you know, what are your thoughts on that particular, um, you know, philosophy of dieting or eating and the relationship with food as it pertains to, you know, the paleolithic type of method? Yeah, you know, um, so the paleo, they are very much around like whole foods and trying to keep it like in ingredients very minimal or at least, you know, if they do have it processed, you, you should be able to recognize the ingredients that are in that protein bar or whatever you're looking at. Another thing that um, the paleo diet is really into is cutting out grains, beans, things that are harder for your body to digest, right? So everyone has a little bit of a harder time digesting gluten, any kind of a grain, beans, those kind of things. Even peanuts are one that's on the list that's a little harder to digest. And when your body, you might not feel anything when you're eating those things as far as like any kind of extra digestion process. But what happens is we all have these natural stores of energy in our body. And when our digestive system has to kick it up a notch, right, when it has to start working a tiny bit harder, it starts to take away some of our energy. So the energy we could have been using to go on that run or play with your kid or anything else you really want to do with your day, all of a sudden now that energy feels depleted because it's working so hard at digesting your food. So the idea of the paleo diet is get rid of a lot of those things that are hard to digest, eat really easy things, to digest, which are whole foods, even a lot of the um, chemicals and different types of preservatives and foods, they can be hard to digest. And we don't really recognize it because you don't feel an instant change in the body. So we just look, look over those ingredients, right? But that's the idea of the paleo diet is restore your energy by eating more natural and cutting out those extra, you know, things that are causing your body to not feel good and just zap your energy away. So, of course, I love that idea. 
I'm, I'm pretty anti-diet if you haven't figured that out already. So I'm never like, okay, you, you need to do the paleo diet. Like that's it because I don't like that restrictive mentality. Um, and I, you know, I feel like in the past, I've probably tried every single diet back in my twenties when I thought that was the answer. And I can't find one that worked in the way that was like, it made me happier and healthier and more mindful about my day. Um, I think it really comes down to listening to what feels good with your body and using a little bit of all of these concepts to figure out what works best for you. So sometimes having a label of like, I only eat paleo, um, kind of messes with our head. And then when the first person invites you to eat a piece of birthday cake at their party and it's not fitting in the paleo diet, then you feel like a failure and you feel like you can't follow this. And there's just this cycle of brain drama that comes. So I do love the concept, but I'm not one to say like anyone needs to follow a particular like plan like that. And that makes sense. And that, that really fits where it's just pieces of different things that might work. So mm-hmm. I'm curious, obviously we're in the real estate industry. We're in this crazy high stress, always on the go essential worker kind of profession. And I know yeah. that there's a lot of relationship between high stress and maybe unhealthy eating or the binge and restricting and just that relationship between your food when you're stressed. Can you kind of speak to that relationship and how reducing stress can help with your overall health and well-being and maybe healthier or smarter eating habits? Yeah, you know, I I love the concept of, you know, if you, for me, if I take care of myself, I know that I will be a better mom, a better wife, a better friend, a better business owner, pretty much better in all the areas that I want to be in. But it starts with me taking care of me. So a lot of people forget this link. They throw themselves into how can I be, you know, a better real estate agent? How can I be a better friend, a better wife or husband, a better mom or dad? And they forget the piece of taking care of themselves and those other things will naturally happen. So by recognizing that stress is in your life, by even just making some small changes to really look at where it's coming from, what things make you feel better, starting your day off a little bit differently. Maybe if I was feeling really stressed, I wouldn't, you know, snooze five times and then turn on the news right when I wake up. Like that wouldn't serve me taking care of my stress. Instead, I would think of, okay, maybe I want to start my day with a walk outside, you know, bright and early, or maybe just a little bit of stretching with listening to a a great mindset podcast in my living room before my kids wake up. Or, you know, maybe I want to skip the news and listen to something that makes me feel better. Maybe I want to plan ahead with some meals if I know my day is going to be crazy and I'm going to be running from appointment to appointment. Those little things of taking care of yourself is going to make you show up with a different type of energy. And so, you know, I've certainly worked with different real estate agents before, and I know you need a particular energy in the room to make a great sale. So if you want to show up as your best to have someone really um, trust you and feel drawn to you, you have to create that energy. And that starts with taking care of yourself so that the person you're working with feels that energy, feels that they can be confident with working with you. Okay. I love the taking care of yourself. That's actually one of the things that I always say. I get up really early in the morning and I work out first and I do some of the things that you're actually advising. And I get this Mm -hmm. look from people sometimes of, 
you get up at what time to do what? And I always say, well, yeah, if I don't take care of me first, what's going to happen? Because I know what happens when the day starts, right? Everybody else gets my attention instead of me. So I love that idea of starting starting with you first so that you can actually Mm -hmm. support others. Yeah, and I call it make the appointment with yourself because you would not cancel on your appointment for work. You want to cancel on your appointment with your friends or any other thing. So why would you cancel on your appointment with yourself? Like write it into your schedule. Like this is the time that I, anything at all, I read a book, I go on a walk, I do a workout. I, you know, really define what it takes to feel your best and set that appointment on your calendar. And I think it's important to show up for yourself like that because we are so quick to acknowledge all the things we have to do for everything else but not for ourselves. Mm -hmm. I I had a question, Sabrina, back to the blood sugar. You said, you know, the first thing I would work with the person on is helping them get a grasp on their blood sugar. I mean, do you have any like practical tips? Is there a way for us to like monitor? Is there an app for that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, how do I do that? Yeah. Without having to like prick your finger every hour and test your blood sugar like that. um, The simple way to look at it is like, a basic serving size, even without looking up what, you know, an exact serving size needs to be. So I think of it like this. If I have a carbohydrate on my plate, say I have a pile of rice, I need to balance it with, you know, some protein. So if I'm having it with four ounces of fish or some chicken or something like that, then that's a balanced pair. So that's going to keep my blood sugar much more balanced than if I do a pile of rice And then I have something like, even something like fried chicken that has a bunch of, you know, carbohydrates and different other additives to the protein to to make it nice and crispy. So that's like two servings of carbohydrates and only one serving of protein, right? So that's the easiest way to look at it without having to do any of the scientific, like, figuring out. And, you know, one way to look at it, too, is so say you're going to go even if we look at like a drive-thru, you're, you're craving a burger. So if you're going to have a bun on your burger, that's balanced. But then if you add, because it has the bun and then it has the protein of the burger, so that's balanced. But if you add fries to that, that's adding a carb. So now you're unbalanced. If you add a milkshake to that, that's super unbalanced. Your blood sugar's going crazy. <laughs> insulin's being pumped. Your fat storage is like just increasing. So, if you're craving a burger, it's not that you have to never have the burger. Just have the burger, pair it with a side salad, get the milkshake, and, like, go after what you're really wanting instead of, like, adding on the whole, like, you know, the whole meal that just shoots our blood sugar off the chart. So that's how I try to explain it to people right off the bat is just thinking it like one serving to one serving. So, and even a fat. So an example would be if you have a slice of toast. If you add jelly to it, that's two carbs, right? You have the bread. Now you have jelly that's full of sugar, two carbs. So that's extremely unbalanced. And that's going to take you totally down that uh, that trail of blood sugar crashes. Your energy is going to drop in about two hours from now, and you're going to be craving more sugar later in the day. But if you add avocado or a natural peanut butter to that toast, that's a balanced pair. So now you have the protein or the fat. Um, in the nuts, in the peanut butter, or you have a lot of good healthy fats in the avocado. So that's going to help your blood sugar stay much more balanced that way. 
Okay, that's great. And I got a kind of a follow-up question here, and it's really specific to environment um, because, you know, I, I have every intention to make healthy choices throughout the day. But like you, I've got some little ones, two, four, and six, and I've got a house full mm-hmm. of just crap. I mean, the yeah. worst possible foods ever. And that's terrible because I'm trying to eat the good stuff, but I give the kids, you know, the, the, right. <laughs> the bars and the, you know, the Cheez-Its and all that kind of stuff, but that stuff's around in the house. Right. And so can you kind of mm-hmm. talk a little bit just about the environment, right? If you're trying, if you're coaching somebody today and you're trying to help them make better choices and, and have better relationship with their food. Do you talk about environment and setting up, you know, their environment oh, for yeah. success and putting, you know, uh, avocados and bananas and apples on their countertop versus the Cheez-Its and Oreos and other things? Absolutely. But I even go beyond that and basically say, okay, like what's triggering you? If you have, say you have like Hershey Kisses left over from, you know, stockings or something from Christmas in your cabinet and your kids eat them and you know that they're in there. If you're going to be tempted by that over and over, by putting an avocado on your counter, that's not going to fix it, right? So we have to have something in your home that is a much more nourishing version of something sweet so that when you have a sweet craving or you all of a sudden are like, oh, I want a Hershey Kiss, you would go to more of like an organic dark chocolate that has really great ingredients in it that you can still taste the chocolate but you feel so much better and you don't get that blood sugar spike or, you know, even I even teach people around like pairing the chocolate with something with protein. So my little trick is I'll take like a little um, square of dark chocolate and I'll put like a slab of peanut butter on top of it. And I'll eat that when I'm craving something sweet. And it's, it's a balanced way to not spike my blood sugar and um, give me energy with, and that even just like taking care of my sweet tooth without me going straight to like the Reese's peanut butter cups, right. Or whatever, say I might have around because my kids, you know, brought it home from school or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Um, Those tips can be very helpful. And I really like listen to my clients to see like what their triggers are. So that's the the most important part of my job is I have to get into my client's head. I have to understand their environment. So my first session with someone is I just pick their brain and try to really understand what their environment feels like, what it looks like, where they're getting triggered to you know, not follow goals or to eat certain things that they really don't want to. And then I try to really come in and try to give them a lot of great reasons to, you know, not be tempted by those same things without using a ton of discipline, right? I never want discipline to be the reason they get to where they want to be. I want them to not even want to look at the Hershey Kiss because they're so happy with whatever alternative we've created for them. Okay, I think I need to get some organic dark chocolate and peanut butter and keep those in my desk yeah. as an alternative. That's a great solution. Yeah, you, there's but, so but many I'm little hungry. tricks like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, those little tricks, they, they really can um, make a huge difference in the moment. Because if you think to yourself, well, I'm never going to eat chocolate and I'm going to only eat bananas when I crave something sweet, you know, but you love chocolate and you have chocolate around because your family has it around, it's, you're you're going to be tempted. So let's get a healthier version for you and have it on hand. That is outstanding. So um, as we're kind of wrapping up here today, 
Um, wonder if you have any final thoughts and if you would share with our listeners too where they can get more information on the services that you provide if they want to get in touch with you and have those conversations to learn about where their cravings are coming from and how they can help to de-stress and work on their blood sugar. Sure. Yeah, so the easiest way to find me is just straight through my website. It's SabrinaReneeCoaching.com. I do have an Instagram with the same handle, Sabrina Renee Coaching. I will say I'm on a bit of a like social media hiatus right now, so I haven't posted a ton lately just because I feel like I show up better when I'm not stuck in the social media world. But there is a lot of great stuff. If you scroll down, I give a lot of great tips and great recipes and the health ideas on there. And um, I try to be you know more balanced around that as well, where I'm not a social media junkie, but I like to share because I want to help. So those are the two um, easiest ways to, to find me and learn more about the type of work I do and how I help others uh, really hit their goals without restricting. That That is great. I, I thank you so much for your time today. I know I have some notes here, maybe need to find an alternative to the energy drinks <laughs> and make some <laughs> changes. So I, I definitely have learned a lot today. Anthony, what about you? Yeah, thank you so much, Sabrina, for uh, taking the time out of your day to chat with us and really just kind of help, you know, not only us, but also the listeners that are going to listen to this uh, particular episode, just begin to think about, you know, their food and their relationship with food a little differently in 2021. Uh, It's a new year. It's been a long 10 months. There's so much going on in this world. I think stress and anxiety is at like, you know, peak highs and people are really having a hard time. Not everybody, but there's a lot of people out there that are, and I think if we can begin to look at our food differently and make different choices about, you know, the types of foods that we put into our bodies, that we're going to feel an instant spike of energy, which is going to help propel us to your point, like you made earlier in your business, in your personal life, in your relational life, your relationship with your kids, your spouse, whatever it might be, uh, to give you the energy mm-hmm. to just approach those conversations, approach your day and, uh, you know, to not only survive, but to thrive. Hey, I think that's right off your website. I think I saw that there. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I'm a firm believer of that. I think everyone's just so interested in surviving these days, but I, I think that thriving is really where it's at. And I, I don't think it's that hard to obtain. I really don't. It starts with a lot of little habits. Like if you're not used to exercise, then start with just 10 minutes of walking a day like and feel proud of yourself because that's going to lead to building up to an hour down the line. Don't just like jump off the couch and try to force yourself into anything that doesn't feel comfortable. I think it's really about little things, feeling proud of yourself and just continuing to grow and that can transform a life. Yeah, that is so, so well said, Sabrina. I really appreciate your time. Stephanie, anything else to add? I I think this has been a very great way for us to kick off the 2021 season of the Juggernaut podcast really sets the tone for what our year should look like. And who knows, we may have to uh, revisit this in December and see how we did. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, thank you, Sabrina. Thank you, Stephanie. This is the Juggernaut Podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in to this episode with Sabrina Renee. Thank you so much for your time, Sabrina. And thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time.